Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, 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 what's good, we back, we back, Bears lose, Bulls play, let's go, yeah, what is good y'all, it is your boy Path the Designer, back at it again, appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. On today's episode, man, we're going to break down the question that we all know is coming after the unfortunate Darnell Mooney injury. Should the Bears shut down Justin Fields for the season? Also, going to talk about Sunday's loss and two things that we saw that absolutely came out of it. Then, got to get into a little Bulls topic to finish this thing out, man. Patrick Williams believes that he can be a superstar in this NBA. We're going to answer the question, how does he get there? All that and more in today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. We do this every day from 11 to 12. It is Monday, November 28th. The Bears have three wins. The Bulls are trying to figure it out. We got a lot of questions here in Chicago. Let's talk about it. If there was anything that came out of the Uzi era, I swear that's the one thing that I'll give them that stuck with me. I ain't gonna lie to a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with us for another episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. We do this every day from 11 to 12, man. It's the only channel to talk to Chicago sports, how Chicago talks. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. I need y'all to do me a favor if you're in here right now. Go ahead and just uh, push the button. Come on. Push the button. 
Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, man. We appreciate everybody who's showing us love. We've crossed 16,000 subscribers. Nobody, bro, I swear, I told y'all I was giving this Zach Levine jersey away at 15,000. It's still sitting here. We got to get this giveaway set up. That's getting set up this week with four Chicago Bulls games here. We're going to pick qualifiers this week. So make sure that you're tuned in for the Bulls live calls as well. Appreciate you guys for uh, rocking with the show. As always, man, I want to be able to give back to you. Let's get into some of the t conversation around today's episode man because here's the thing at the end of the day that Jets game did not go as planned right like I mean maybe it kind of did maybe it kind of did the 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 Bears come out and they, they get their heads kicked in uh in a game that I think didn't tell us a ton outside of some things that maybe people's people didn't want to realize yet but it brings in the question that I know is coming. And so I've already had it tweeted to me. We've already talked about this a little bit in the discord, not heavily, right? But you know, people want to bring this up. And it's the one part that I think people are going to continuously try to focus in on the rest of this season with every game, essentially only meaning better or worse draft position as the Chicago bears now sit with the number two draft pick in the NFL, which I'm going to be honest with you. Unlike many of the national pundits, I can admit when I was wrong, I did not think that we would lose enough games to have a pick this high. We have the number two pick in the draft. Here's to you. Here's to you, national pundits. Um, but here's the question that uh, to start this thing off. Should the Chicago Bears shut down Justin Fields? Let me know in you guys' comments in the chat. Let me know in the comments below. How do you feel about Justin Fields playing the rest of the season? And I want to start this off by first asking you the question that I think, right, like, of course, you have to take context into account. But with Mooney likely out for the rest of the season, with the injury to Eddie Jackson, right, with, with the basically the Bears season going down and the remaining games, the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, this is a tough next three games. By the way, there's a bye week in there. Uh, then you got the Detroit Lions uh, and, the, and the Minnesota Vikings. The question for me is if you were playing for something would Justin Fields still be out there? And if your answer to that is yes, then Justin Fields should be out there if he can go. Now, this is a very big, right? Like, this is the caveat. Justin Fields was pushing to play in this game versus the Jets. Remember that. That is very important to bring up. Justin Fields wanted to play in this game versus the Jets. He wanted to be out there. Essentially, the uh, um, the coaching staff we had heard earlier in the week basically told him, it's up to you. If you feel like you can go, we'll put you out there. If you don't feel like you can go, we won't put you out there. Justin basically said, if I had, when I believe this was Monday or Tuesday when he broke this down. If I had to play now, I couldn't play. But we'll see by the end of the week. He wanted to play. Upper management said no. Right, like there, there was a report before the game, I believe by Tom Pelissero, I want to say, I think, somebody on Twitter, basically said that upper management might step in if they feel like Justin Fields couldn't play. And now, will we see upper management step in again 
and shut down Justin for the season. But my question is, right, the things that you practice, the things that you put in to uh, uh, your team right now will be things that will be a part of this team through the long run. Now, at the end of the day, if Justin Fields doesn't play versus the Eagles, doesn't play versus the Packers, doesn't play versus the Bills, what's it do? It, it improves us in the long run. Um, we, we lose basically all of those games. Probably maybe we find a way to beat the Packers. Maybe. But for the most part, right, we probably lose every single one of those games. Um, you, you saw today that you're just not talented enough without Justin Fields out there to win football games versus teams that actually care. And by the way, Mike White might be him. <laughs> or at least versus us, he's him. He looked like a god versus us. But if Justin Fields can go, and again, I brought up management having to shut him down because he would have played if it were up to him. Which means you might see him in this Green Bay game. If he's healthy enough to play, you let him play. Because what you don't want to start instituting into your team, what you don't want to start putting into your team is that the bigger picture is not you, not the players on the field, not the players that have to come out and make plays. You're not the bigger picture. The bigger picture at the end of the day is what's the best draft capital that we can get? What's the best player that we can get next year to help you win next year? Because this year doesn't matter anymore. Which is right. And, and here's the thing. I understand both sides of this, right? This year doesn't matter anymore. You know what this year matters for? Draft cap, draft capital. And you're going to need quite a bit of it. You're going to need high picks. You're going to need uh, um, players that are going to be able to play. But there's a couple of things, even in this, that Justin Fields still could accomplish by the end of this season, right? He's still able to go out there and now, right, be forced to kind of have to go to some of those other targets that are on the field. Chase Claypool instantly moves up from your number two option to basically your best wide receiver on the roster. You're going to have to go to him at some point. Um, we saw Byron Pringle get a little bit of love today from uh, Trevor Simeon. Hopefully, may, you know, maybe Justin could build a rapport with one of these other receivers. Nikhil Harry finds his way back into it, right? Like maybe he's able to build a rapport with one of these other receivers for something that will help you going into next season. You can only build that in-game uh, uh, level of uh, what's the what's the right word, right? That that in-game level of um, yeah, it's not composure. In-game level of coming together, right? Like I I can't think of the right word for it, y'all. I'm sure everybody will have it in the chat because Pat's an idiot. Uh, that that in-game level of uh, being on the same page in games. You can't build that up in the offseason. You can't build that up in training camp. Not until you get in games are you able to build that up. And so that's something that Justin Fields can still work on for the rest of the season. Again, hear what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that the Chicago Bears should send him out there if he's not ready to play. I'm not telling you that the Chicago Bears should send him out there if he can't go out there and throw the football, if his mechanics are limited, if he's not moving well, if the shoulder's not healthy. I'm not telling you any of that. If he's not healthy enough to play, don't put him out there. It, it would be moronic to risk him. But I also will not be the person that gets up here and says that if Justin Fields is good to go, if Justin Fields is healthy enough to go, the best option is for you to continue losing while he's sitting on the sideline. It makes no sense. You put your best asset out there. 
It makes no sense for you to basically say, we know what you can do. We know what you might do. We don't want you to do that. Every single game this season is an opportunity for Justin Fields to figure out what the heck's going on out there. And Justin Fields has shown you in just about every single game for most of the second half of this season that, hey, I can go out here and I can make plays. I can go out here and I can get the job done. Is he going to have to be a heck of a lot more careful? Yes, he is. Is he going to have to be a lot more careful with not taking those shots? Yes, he is. All of those things may be true. But for me, at the end of the day, the biggest thing that the Chicago Bears have to focus in on this season is the continued development of him, and you don't want to stop that. You don't want to all of a sudden look up and and you've got what? I mean, you're talking about, people are talking about shutting Justin Fields down. There's six games, five games left. And a bye week. You're talking about shutting Justin Fields down for six weeks. He's not going to play any football for six weeks. That stops the process. Those are things, those are moves, those are decisions that, whether they will or not, right, could stunt the growth. It's not what you want to see. You want to see the continued growth. And yeah, there aren't a lot of weapons out there for Justin Fields to go through. Here's a newsflash for everybody who's been watching Justin Fields do this all season. There haven't been a lot of weapons out there for Justin Fields all year. We've been talking about Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Neither of them are having seasons that are setting the world on fire. Right? And so for me, at the end of the day, the thing that you have to continue to focus in on is how is he going to develop in these adverse conditions? How is he going to play in these adverse conditions? How can we play call for him? You still want to, right? You still want to have the growth of Luke Getze that comes into play in this. You still want to, right? Like Luke Getze game planning for Trevor Simeon today, of course it's not going to work as well. It's Trevor Simeon. You have a subpar offensive line. You have a team that that offensively isn't very good without Justin Fields on the field. Of course it's not going to work. It's Trevor Simeon. I want to continue seeing the growth of my play caller. I want to continue seeing the growth of my head coach in situations where he can grow. Now, on the defensive side, that's a whole different situation. Alan Williams, uh, what's going on there, brother? No pressure, no nothing, nothing, nothing going on there. It looks bad. It looks bad is what I'm saying. But there's still a lot to learn in season. And yeah, would the easy move that guarantees you the second round pick be leaving Trevor Simeon out there to die? Absolutely. But what does that then do for the quarterback that we want to be the franchise piece, that we believe can be the franchise piece? What does that do for him? How does that get his game to the next level? How does that get his game to the next, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like, We've seen Justin Fields unlock something inside of himself in some of the worst conditions that we've seen on the field here to this point, honestly. How do you get him to that next level if he's sitting on the bed? And you don't. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So for me, right, like I, I'm, I'm not in the business of sitting guys if they can play, if he's not healthy, if he's not going to be able to play, if he's going to be able to injure himself worse, don't play him. Simple as that. 
But I also don't want us to live in this mode where we're so afraid that our quarterback is going to get hurt that we don't want him to play football. I I don't know if y'all noticed, but he's a quarterback in the NFL. He's supposed to play football. He's a quarterback in the NFL. He's supposed to be out there playing football. That's what he does. That's That's what his job is. That's what his game is. And so if he's out there to play football and he can play football, let's let him play football. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to Rocket with us, man. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. We're going to keep this thing moving right along, but I do want to see, see you guys support on this video, man. So I need y'all to do me a favor and uh, push the button. Come on, push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button. Hit that like button, man. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily over here live on YouTube and also you can check us out on the podcast side as well. Just search the Windy City Breeze on any podcast platform. You should see the channel come up right away. You'll see the TWCB. We do this Monday through Friday, man. So make sure that you guys stay up to date with us. We've also got the Chicago Bulls post game shows that will be being posted over there as well. So tune in with us on that as well. Uh, Marcus Couch and P Kid doing a great job there breaking down the Bulls games after we finish doing the Chicago Bulls live call. They've done a great job on their first two episodes, man, and they're going to keep that thing going all the way. Phone lines are also going to be open over there as well. So tune in and show love on that. Um, to me, when I looked at this game after, right, like watching it, taking a nap to like reset my brain, rewatching the game, still needing another nap to reset my brain, but then coming down here to do the show for you guys. Um, there were two things that were apparent to me in this game. The first thing that was very apparent to me, and I feel like it ties in so well with the Justin Fields conversation that we were just having. It showed me just how good Justin Fields has actually been by taking Justin Fields away from the equation. You saw how bad this football team actually is. And not to say that the Chicago Bears were winning games left and right before this, right? We lost to the Falcons. We lost to the Lions. We lost to the Dolphins. We lost to the Cowboys. Lost to the Commanders. Lost to the Vikings, right? Like, we we weren't out here dominating the NFL. But Bears fans left every single one of those games, maybe outside of the commanders, feeling like, hey, not only do we have the quarterback of our future, this offense looks like it's it's turned things around. This offense looks like an offense that has figured things out. Luke Getzey looks like a heck of a play caller. It looks like the Chicago Bears have figured out what a quarterback looks like and how that's going to play out on the field. And then you take one piece away. Not to say that the quarterback isn't the most important position on that offense, right? He is. He's the piece that makes everything go. He's the piece that makes you, that that allows you to figure out those key moments, right? He's the game-changing piece. But at the end of the day, 10 points was not what I expected from the Chicago Bears offense. And it tells you just how good Justin Fields is being able to make plays with his legs being able to make plays with his arms being able to kind of mix that in I know there's a lot of people that are like I want to see him throw for more than 200 yards all right 
but also he's extending plays. He's making that offensive line look a heck of a lot better. I saw people uh, as we were getting towards halftime, right, um, tweeting out. I think it was Chase Claypool or not Chase Claypool. Um, Clay Harbor, I should say, um, who we had on the show here. Who listen, love the guy, love love hearing him talk, love his his Bears takes and different things like that. Uh, he was like, so where's all this uh, offensive line? Uh, this offensive line can't protect, you know. And we were like, maybe three, four minutes to go at the half. Uh, and then, like, the floodgates opened, right? And all of a sudden, the offensive line couldn't protect. Now, granted, we did lose a piece in, in uh, uh, Riley Reef at right tackle at that point, right? But it, it just it, – they can't protect anybody, right? And it tells you, right, how good Justin Fields is making them look week in and week out because if you look through those PFF grades, it does not look like the Chicago Bears have a bad offensive line. Now, when you see the eye test, when you look at what's on the field, you can see that we don't have a good offensive line. But – the Chicago Bears offensive line, right? Like Justin Fields makes this team look better, makes this offense look better, makes this makes you feel better about what this team can be. And when you removed him from the equation, you saw just how bad this team really is. And it takes me to the second thing that we really learned from this Chicago Bears team. We just don't have talent. We don't. We are devoid of talent. And you know what that does mentally? We have to take this into next season, next offseason. When we go into, and and don't just look at the offense, when we go into next offseason, the Bears have so many holes offensively. The Bears have so many missing pieces defensively. The Bears have so many holes as an entire organization on the field that you cannot just simply focus on the offensive line through the draft. You cannot just simply focus on the offense through the draft. And when you have the second pick in the draft, you have to take the best player available which in this situation I know there's going to be people that are going to flip a table that are going to lose their minds might end up being a defensive player oh my god how could you not give Justin the things he need you still got a second round pick by the way the Ravens uh the Ravens keep losing which is also helpful as well <laughs> Ravens do continue to keep losing which which is interesting I, I love Lamar uh, what, what is what is the Ravens record right now, bro? I feel like the Ravens record is one of those where like you, you you're looking at it and you're just like, wait a minute, are, are you guys like the 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 Denver Broncos as well? What is the Ravens record right now? Let me see. The Ravens are hold up, that ain't right. Why can't I find the Ravens? Do, 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 do. This is the, oh the Ravens out of seven and four. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. That first first place in the AFC North. I don't know. I feel like what are the Ravens over their last last five? They're four and one. All right. Hey, listen. They lost today. When you're wrong, you're wrong. That's what that is. When you're wrong, you're wrong. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Ravens have been in a lot of those close games, and I've got Lamar, and Lamar hasn't really been helping me as much in fantasy as he was at the start of the season. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, by the way, Lamar going hard on fans in the comments as well. Uh, on Twitter, I should say, but no, I, I, at the end of the day, right? Like, here's the thing that, that it comes down to. What are you going to be able to do 
in the draft with the second overall pick if that does continue to be what it is. For Justin Fields versus what you have to do in the draft for the Chicago Bears. Versus what you have to do in the draft for the Chicago Bears. And I know we want to give Justin these big weapons. We want to give him these big names. And if there's a receiver that does show that he is the second second pick in the draft worthy, 100% you go get him. If there's an offensive lineman that shows that he is second pick in the draft worthy, then 110% you go get him. But when you have the second pick in the NFL draft, unless you're going to trade back to get into a position where you go get those pieces that Justin needs and you acquire more picks, which could be the case because of how many holes that we have on this team. You have to take the best player available. <laughs> you have to take the best player available. Um, and, and it's more than just O-line that this team needs. It is. You need a defensive line. Uh, I've, I've got some questions about where I felt confident with the DB room, right, with Jalen Johnson, I've got some question marks. Jalen Johnson got his first pass breakup in four weeks this game versus the Jets. He got his first pass breakup in four weeks versus the Jets. That's not a number one DB. Now, right, no defensive line also hurts him in that situation, Not having guys that can go out there and put pressure on the quarterback does make Jalen Johnson look worse, 110%. But I'm just saying I've got some question marks here on where we're at at this DB position when your number one DB got his first pass breakup in four weeks. And in four weeks that we've seen, they've been going to him. They've been going his way more than we've seen probably in his entire career. They've been attacking his side of the football, right? And so for me, it's it's one of those things that I, 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 I understand what we need or what we want the Chicago Bears to do. We finally want the Bears to say, hey, Go attack the offensive side of the football. Figure this offense out. I I told y'all, I don't believe that there's any reason to focus wholeheartedly on defense because I know the Bears can go out there and and find defense. Guess what? I wasn't worried about the Bears going out there and finding a linebacker. You know why? We find them. We find millions of them. They're everywhere. And Bears were at the Georgia game this weekend. We know that they can do that, right? I wasn't worried about uh, the Bears going out there and finding a defensive end because we find them. We'll go out there and we'll find a transcendent defensive end that'll be able to play for 10 years. But here's the thing. When, when you're drafting that high, and again, unless you plan on trading back to acquire more picks, which I, I'm kind of in favor of the Bears doing, right? You're not going to get as good of a player, but you get a player that's more towards the range that you want. You probably still get a first-round pick back. Anyway, maybe you get future first-round picks back because you need so many things to go. Maybe you get a high second-round pick back as well because more than likely some trash team that's going to look to go get a quarterback is going to see the second pick in the draft and say, I can go get a quarterback at that position, and you can fleece that team. There's a lot of things that the Bears can do in this situation to me heading into next season. But this game versus the Jets, when you remove Justin Fields from it, doesn't it just open your eyes? It opened my eyes. Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, man, there's a lot. I, I feel like this offensive line has pieces on it that are better than we thought. 
And not to say they've been good, like they haven't been good collectively, but it looked like, oh no, like the, the, this guy can play a little bit more, right? Like I, I was like, oh, like Tevin Jenkins, he's he, he's going to be a dog over there. He's got he's got it. Braxton Jones is really showing that he's figuring this thing out. He's going to be nice. Then you remove Justin Fields being able to move around and 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 spin off, and people can't catch up to him, and they're slipping off of him, and they're going the wrong direction. All of that, you remove all of that, right? And you're like, ooh, 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 y'all are y'all are not what I was hoping for, right? At least on the offensive side of the ball. You see, on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like when you don't have a quarterback that's eating up just minutes after minutes after minutes on driving the football down the field, and there's still nobody that can get to the quarterback. But now you're tired, and there's absolutely nobody that can get to the quarterback. How bad your defense is! It's crazy to see how much this team needs, and we knew that we needed it, but I feel like, right, when you don't have, when you have a game-changing player, which Justin Fields has been week in and week out, I mean, you've scored essentially 30, 24-plus points the last five weeks. Uh, A couple of those weeks, you were able to score above 30, right? Like, I mean, like, you've, you've been, the Bears had their best offensive stretch probably of my life. Probably of my life, honestly. Right? Like, 33-14, 49-29, 35-32, 31-31, 37-24, and then you lose the day 31-10. That's probably the best offensive stretch I've ever seen the Chicago Bears have. And you removed one piece, and you realize that he's the reason for that offensive stretch. He's the reason that your team's able to do more. He's the reason that you're able to get uh, 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 better looks on the field. Like it, it, it's mind blowing to say, but it just is what it is. It really, it, it just is what it is. You need so much on this team. And this offseason is going to be interesting to see, bro. This is going to be a very, very interesting offseason to see what the Bears are going to do to fix some of these holes. You got a ton of money. You got a ton of draft picks. It all sounds great. What are you going to do with those money and those picks? There's a lot on Ryan Pohl's shoulders as we head through the rest of the season and head through the rest of the or head through the offseason, man. There's a lot on Ryan Pohl's shoulders, but Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, man, appreciate you guys tuning in. Rock with us, man. We're going to keep this thing moving right along. If you haven't done so, I need y'all go ahead and... Uh... Push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We are live Monday through Friday from 11 to 12. I shouldn't say live, right? Listen. I'm still blue collar. I, I had to go back to work so that we can put some more money into the show so that we can get the show to the next level. There's a lot of stuff coming y'all way. But that means that I have to re- pre-record these shows. So this show will air from 11 to 12 every day, very much like First Take does in a lot of those shows. Um, if there's any news that has broken, if there's any news that I didn't talk about, if there's anything that has been missed, I will talk about that either in a short or in a shorter video. Tune in with us on those as well. But you will see a daily show here from 11 to 12 every day. And we appreciate you guys for showing love to the show, man, the way that you guys have this year. Let's keep this thing moving right along. As we get into, let's let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go to the NBA side of things. Because we got an interesting conversation around... One, Patrick Williams, as we head into this game versus the Utah Jazz tonight, P. Will was talking with Casey Johnson about kind of how he's grown as a player. And listen, for those of you who want to come in here and say that he hasn't grown, for those of you who want to come in here and say that he's the same dude as last year, you're not watching, you're not paying attention. Even if you look at the stats right now and you're saying he's only getting 11-something points a game, you have to look at the jump that P. Will has taken from one month to the next. I don't know if it's the jump that he's talking about just yet, but you have to look at how he's improved his game consistently. He went from shooting 35% in October on 2.4 attempts a game to shooting 50% in November on 3.3 attempts a game, knocking down the three ball at a much better clip, scoring more. He's got his scoring up to 11.3 points per game. He's got his rebounds up from 2 to 5.2 rebounds per game, starting to fit into that power forward role that we're seeing him. And he's slowly starting to figure out his role. Jay Garth has talked about this on the live call, right? He had to figure out what kind of player he was going to be, what level of player he was going to be, how he was going to be able to attack this thing. And P. Will talked about how he feels like he could have been a really good player in this NBA, but now his mindset is that he could be a star to superstar level player in this league. And that's how he's going to approach every game. And there's a couple things in there, right? Like, I think for me, right, let's see you get to superstar level. Again, for me, superstar a little bit different than for most people. Um, but let's see you get to that superstar level. Let's see you get to to, to the next level of um, 
you know, player by winning championships, by winning MVPs, different things like that. I don't think you can get there this year. But let's just talk about the star level. P. Will reaching star level this season. And I've always said this about P. Will. And to me, there's two things that you can break down when it comes to P. Will. The first thing is, hey, I feel like you not only have all the size, I feel like you have all the intangibles. I feel like adding a handle to your game, which he absolutely has added, um, can take you to that next level. I feel like uh, when you attack the bucket, there's not many people that can stand in front of you. I feel like when uh, how you're playing defensively this season and the numbers would back this up, you're one of the best, best rim protectors in the NBA. You're one of the best defenders in the NBA. You are what we hoped that we drafted, and you're slowly turning into that offensively. Here is the thing. We've seen this story from many an NBA player in the, in, in the league, right? And mentality to me is the difference between being Otto Porter Jr. and maybe living up to that Kawhi Leonard standard that we thought he was going to be or that, that some Bulls fans thought he was going to be. That is the difference and you going out there and being a role player to being a star player. Now, I think there's a couple other things that are going to play into that as well coming through this season. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me around this Chicago Bulls team is, hey, how are you going to be able to go out there? Or I'm sorry, around Patrick Williams is, hey, how are you going to be able to go out there on a night in and night out basis and contribute to this team? Be the focal point of an offensive run. Be the focal point of the defensive run. And he's done that this season defensively for the most part, right? Slowly starting to work himself into that offensively. Uh, uh, um, but defensively, right, I think we can see him absolutely mentally taking that step, taking on that challenge. He's picking guys up. He's not switching. He's saying, no, this is my guy. I got him. You get out of my way. Hey, Giannis, you want to run down here? Meet me at the rim. Boom. Right? Had a, did, did a great job. Even though Giannis scored a lot of points, the Bulls did a great job against Giannis as a whole. Patrick Williams did a great job against Giannis. You're not going to stop Giannis from putting up 30-plus points. You're just not. But when you can force Giannis to have eight turnovers that absolutely contribute to the reason why the Bulls come out on the winning end of that game because they're able to go down on the other end and score off of those turnovers, right? Now you're talking about, okay, that's a way that we can get ourselves into this game, that we can insert ourselves into this game. There's going to be steps for him going to uh, uh, becoming a 20-plus point player game. There just is, right? Like, that's probably not going to happen through the rest of the season. I didn't expect it to. What I was hoping for from P. Will, I believe my preseason prediction for P. Will, was you give me 15-plus points per game. I, I would like you above 15, but if you give me 15-plus points per game and you're one of the best defenders in this NBA, you're showing me that you're taking a step. You're showing me that you're getting to that next level. You're showing me that you realize last season was a fluke, that you're trying to get to that, okay, listen, I can come out here and not only do this defensively and be what we need defensively, but also figure out how I can make it happen offensively for this team. And I like seeing that, you know, kind of, it, it, here's the thing. At a minimum, I like hearing the mindset. I like hearing that he believes that he can get to this next level. I like hearing that he believes he can be this next level player, that he can be a star in this NBA, that he can be a superstar in this NBA. Reach for the stars, my boy. I love hearing this. But the proof is in the pudding. 
And I'm going to tell you what, right now, there's not a ton of history for me to go on outside of the last, what, 10 games? Because outside of those 10 games, right, and and here's the, the one thing that I'll say. Outside of those 10 games, one, you were coming off, you you, you ended up um, getting like 15 minutes a game in some of those games. Billy Donovan absolutely started going away from you. Billy Donovan started not utilizing you at all in some of these games. You basically were just starting because we needed somebody 6-9 to start the game. And then we didn't see you again. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that this Chicago Bulls team can do for Patrick Williams' confidence is slowly give him the role back that he once had. And we've seen them do that more and more every game. I will say there's some moments for me where I look at Billy Donovan and I question whether Billy Donovan is going to hold back Patrick Williams from becoming that player by not letting him play more. But also, that trust that you have is easily lost versus being quickly gained back. Trust is easily broken, much easier to be broken than it is to gain back. And to me, looking at the rest of this season, looking at what P. Will is, is, is uh, trying to become, right? And, and then you've got to work your way back into that, that role. You know, like you've got to work your way back. And I would like to see Billy put him out there a little bit more when – there's a 6'11 dude out there that he's guarded really well the entire game. Maybe, right, don't play him in the third quarter as much. Play him more in the fourth or don't play him in the second quarter. Whatever you want to do. Like, give me, give me a little bit more of him in the crunch time where I need him versus these really tall dudes that shoot the basketball well. B.I., Jason Tatum, I, you know what I mean? Guys like that. Michael Porter Jr. You know, moments like that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to say right that, that I'm mad that P. Will is working his way back into this slowly because you know what? Billy Donovan started this season, AK started this season, and they said he's going to be a next-level player. Him and I are both going to take a step. They're going to come out. They're going to show out this season, right? They're going to, they're, they're going to get, they're going to prove us right. And you know what? For the most part, I think Io's kind of had a little up and down. But for, the, for more times than not, we've felt good about what we've seen from Io DeSumo than not. It wasn't that at the beginning of the season with Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams came out being the same dude, wasn't being aggressive, wasn't getting to the bucket, wasn't trying to take shots, wasn't even playing well defensively, right? Like he was playing poorly on the court as a whole. And from one month to the next, taking those minutes away, slowly working him back into the offense, slowly getting him back, you've seen the growth of him. And listen, there's a bunch of metrics that'll tell you absolutely what you want to hear about Patrick Williams defensively, how he's in the 70th percentile in rim protection, how he's one of the best rim protectors in this NBA, how how players take less shots going up against him at the bucket, right? If you want to hear all the breakdown, Hayes had all the offensive stats over on Locked On Bulls. Make sure to check that out as well. Right. But just like how many stats there are that say not only defensively, but also offensively, the growth of P. Will from one month to the next took him from being like one of the mid-level players in the NBA to one of the best defenders, one of the best uh, uh, finishers around the rim, one of the better three point shooters in the league. Right. Like all of those things are things that you have to look at. And so if we're talking about right, what he has to do to take that step to become a star, what he has to do to take that step to be that star level player that we think he can be. It's up here. You see it. You see it. 
And if you don't see it, it's because you don't want to see it. You want to hate on him, whatever it is. But for those of us that are watching what he's actually doing on the court every game, the people that are in every live game, the people that are in every chat, stuff like that. By the way, we'll be live for the Chicago Bulls game tonight versus Utah Jazz. So tune in with us on that as well. Right? The people that are engaged in all of that, (coughs) you see it. You can see that he's growing. But guess what? I saw that with Otto Porter Jr. standing next to John Wall and Bradley Bill. He was that missing piece. He was that missing link. I saw it. Otto Porter could play. Otto Porter should have been so much more. He had every intangible. He could shoot the three ball. He could shoot the mid-range. He could play defense. Back to the basket game was crazy. He could do everything. But it's up here. The words sound good on paper. The su- I want to be a superstar. I want to be that. That sounds good on paper. How are you going to implement that? How are you going to get that uh, uh, to play out, right? And I think that's the part with this Bulls team as a whole that we've questioned quite a bit this season, right? That's the part with this team as a whole that we've looked at and we've been like, mm, it sounds good. But y'all haven't actually implemented the things that you've said you want to implement. It sounds great. Let's do it. But are you actually going to do it, right? Like, And for me, right, that's the biggest part when I'm looking at this Bulls team that I have question marks on. And it's the biggest part when I'm looking at P-Will that I have question marks on. I've said all year, I haven't changed my tune on it. I've said he's he let me down a little bit early on in the season because I thought he was going to do a little bit more. But I, I, I know what you have the ability to do. Guess what? I have the ability to be one of the best doggone people in sports talk. I, I have the ability to do that. How do I implement it? How do we get to that next level? How do we, how do we take that next step? To where the Windy City Breeze is over the ESPNs. Okay, now I'm now I've got a plan together. Now I'm trying to put that together. How are you going to implement this? Like I see you slowly moving in the right direction, but I tell you what, as much as I love the fact that you have turned into this level of player and he's shooting above ninety percent from the free throw line, above fifty percent from the three point line, above fifty uh, percent from the field, right? Like cooking. How do we keep that moving in the right direction? And I think that's the biggest question that is wrapped around the Chicago Bulls team coming through this season. The entire team, but especially Patrick Williams. Especially Patrick Williams. Because at the end of the day, I've talked about this. You don't take, you don't become a championship contender until one of your young pieces takes a step. That piece could be Zach Levine. That piece could be Patrick Williams. That piece could be Al DeSumo. Lonzo Ball, if he ever comes back, maybe he's that piece. Maybe whoever it is. You don't become a championship-level team until that player takes a step. History tells you that. And I'm willing to bet a lot more on what history has told me than what could happen in the future. The Bucks don't take a step until Giannis becomes Giannis. They don't. I don't think Bud's a good coach. I've never thought Bud was that good of a coach. I thought he benefited a heck of a lot from having Giannis Antetokounmpo on his team. I think he continues to benefit a heck of a lot by having Giannis on his team. I don't think that, uh, like, name the guy, right? I think Kerr's a pretty good coach. I guess I can't say that. But, But how many coaches have we seen, right? Like, the guys that win have that superstar level talent on their team. And it's pretty consistent and it's pretty locked in that there's consistent superstar level talent on this team. And when you go the route of continuity, you have to find one. 
And guess what? You have to find one in the draft. So I don't think the Bulls take that step in becoming a superstar level team until they take that next step in the draft. Or one of the young pieces you have takes that next step. Right? I, I think that's that that's just when you look at the, the best teams, the teams that win for a long time, some young dude figured it out. It clicked. Or he came in cooking. And and when he got to that star level player, you were like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, look at this guy. Now they're there. Why do we get a Blazers a chance every year? Like, we look at the Blazers team and we're like, yeah, the Blazers, right now, right? Like, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, they're nice. We like it. Okay. But if Dame Lillard's on that team, we're like, oh, you got a shot. Because we think he's that level of player. And if you don't have that level of player, you don't look at those teams and be like, they're going to make the NBA Finals. So you got to hope. You got to pray. That somebody takes that step, and hopefully it is Patrick Williams, as he was talking about this with Casey Johnson, about him feeling like he could be a superstar in this league. But hey, man, I appreciate you guys for showing love. Let me know how you guys feel on Pat Will, man. Do you think that he could be a, that he can grow into a superstar level player in this NBA? Let me know in the comments below. I'll be down to talk with you as well. Also, let me know in the chat as well. Uh, we will be live again tomorrow, or I should say, premiering again tomorrow from eleven to twelve. Tune in with us on that as well. Appreciate you guys for showing love to the channel the way that you guys continue to. Um, as we're keeping this thing moving right along, man, if you haven't done so, just go ahead and... Uh, push the button. Come on. Push the button. Come on, push the button. Yeah, come on, push the button. Hit that like button, man. Subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel talking Chicago sports. How Chicago talks, so make sure that you get in tune with us. Um, final topic of the day, something that I felt like we have to get into, and a really a good topic, right, to transition off of P. Will. Bulls take on the Jazz tonight. Um, this is a this is a game tonight where the, the Bulls are coming off of that OKC loss, and it is a very winnable game, and it is a game that you're looking at and you're saying, okay, I want to see this team come out again versus a above 500 team and go get a win. Um, the Utah Jazz have been a team that's been interesting, especially with former Chicago Bull Larry Markkinen over on the team. Um, but they're a team that, that has been interesting this season, right? They're 12 and 10 on the season, dropped it to eighth in the Western Conference. They have lost their last four, so they're kind of in that weird, vulnerable position where, yeah, Colin Sexton could kill you, Larry Markkinen can kill you, but they're kind of doing it more individually because Mike Conley's been out um, dealing with a little bit of uh, injury concerns as well. How are you going to come out and break this team's spirit? That's the biggest thing that I'm looking for uh, going up against this Jazz team tonight. Bulls come in 8-11 after the loss to OKC. Jazz are 6-2 and two at home. There, there's a lot of things, right, that you look at and you say the Bulls probably lose this game. But for me, I don't think so. I, the Bulls seem like a team this season that is stepping up to the moment. And when we have to play those teams that are the top competition, right, they come out with a different fire, come out with a different energy. And I think they'll come out with a different energy, especially with a former teammate in the building of Larry Markkinen. I think you'll see Zach Levine come out with a little bit different energy. Zach also usually performs pretty well on these West Coast trips. Um, this is usually the time we see him ball out the most. But to me, right, like I, I'm looking at this game and I'm saying, are the Bulls finally 
going to go with their strengths. And there was an interesting stat that uh, Kevin Anderson dropped from NBC Sports over on Twitter. And I thought that it was it was such a just so indicative of of what this Bulls team has been this season. Right. Honestly. When the Chicago Bulls, in a very small sample size, allow Nikola Vucevic to shoot three or fewer three-pointers, the Bulls are 4-3. and three. When the Bulls let Vooch shoot more than four threes, the Bulls are 4-8. and eight. And here's the thing that you have to keep in mind coming into this game. You got Larry Markkinen, of course. You got a young guy in Walker Kessler who's showing you off of the bench. He looks like he's going to be a really nice player. Somebody me and Hayes both wanted to see on this Bulls team. Uh, I said he reminded me a lot of Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, so it was kind of funny seeing him like get drafted by... Uh, who was he on? He was on the Timberwolves, I think he was. But he was, I think it was slated to go to Memphis. Uh, and then he got moved around. Something happened with that. I think it was a part of that Timberwolves trade. But when you look at a guy like, when you look at what this Utah team can do down low and how they've been able to rebound the basketball and how the Bulls haven't, right? The biggest question is why can't we rebound more when we've got Nikola Vucevic on our team? And the answer is simple. You got him outside shooting three-pointers. And so when Zach shoots one, he's in the corner. He's not running to the paint. He's slow. He's got to get back down the court to get back defensively after Zach puts the ball up. So if I don't have that guy down there rebounding, we don't get second chance opportunities. You don't get third chance opportunities. But if I've got Vooch down there going to work, especially on guys like Larry Marketing, who she should be able to move out of the way with ease. Larry's the only one that's going to be big enough to defend him over there. Kessler's coming off the bench. So he should be able to work him out with ease. Are we going to put Vooch in the paint? Are we going to look at the fact that this Bulls team is just better when Vooch is in the paint? For some reason, the Chicago Bulls love having him out there shooting threes. And Vooch said at the beginning of the season, he's shooting a three ball better this season as well, right? He's, he's knocking down the tray ball. But the thing is, when you use it as an asset to accentuate what he does great, he's greater. When you take away what he does great, he's not as good. He's just a three-point shooting big man. And Vooch isn't a three-point shooting big man. He's a big man that can shoot. And so for me, right, like the Bulls have to figure out like just utilizing Vooch in the paint. Not to say he's got to stay in the paint. I'm not saying he can't shoot threes at all. He's knocking them down very well. He's playing off them. But we got to figure out some kind of action, some kind of movement that, yeah, it pops Vooch out to take that three. But if he don't take that three, we rotate him back into the paint or we we get him on a high pick and roll, something like that. Excuse me. Where? Excuse me again. Oh, where uh, uh, you're, you're not leaving your big man to have to make a decision on should I run into the paint and grab this rebound and not get back defensively or should I just run back on defense and get myself set up down there because if this shot don't go in they're going to leak out and they're going to be gone right like I I, I I feel like this season has been so and I talked about this over on Locked on Bulls this season to me the Bulls have been such a mirror of Billy Donovan They've been such a mirror of how he's coaching this season. Not to say he's coaching bad. I don't think the Bulls are playing bad, but it's just very mid, right? Very mid, right? Like right here. And there's been games where he's absolutely outcoached the other team, and there's been games where he has not. 
And to me, right, it's it's the situational moments. It's putting guys out there. It's the situational rotations, rotations that have worked for him in the past, rotations that rotations that have worked for him this season that we've looked at and be like, I love that rotational setup. But he sticks with that rotation. And that rotation does not do the same thing every single night. And he doesn't adjust off of that. And guess what? Neither does that rotation. I feel like we see this Bulls team mirror Billy Donovan so much this season and where they get to a point where uh, things get uncomfortable. You get into territory where you're not comfortable with what you're doing. So you go back to what you did that makes you comfortable. Right. And Billy Donovan does that as well. Billy Donovan goes to lineups that make him comfortable, that make him feel good. We can't do that tonight versus Utah Jazz. And and if we do, right, like we'll be talking about this over on the postgame show. You'll hear Marcus Couch and Pete Kidd breaking this down as a loss. But this is a game where, and the Bulls have, for the most part, come to play in these big moments. The Bulls, for the most part, have come to play in these big games. They have, right? Like, versus the top teams, Bucks, uh, 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 Celtics, all season, we've been dominant, right? Like, uh, or, or at least competitive against those teams, right? Like, most of those top teams, outside of, like, that Cleveland game, we've been pretty competitive versus those teams. The Bulls are, I believe, at 2-6 and six versus sub-500 teams. I believe they're two and six versus sub 500 teams. So you got a couple of teams there where you, you're just, I, I, I don't know, right? Like that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, right, I would rather you beat the top teams and maybe you have some struggles versus the sub 500 teams, because more than likely, if you get into the playoffs, you're going to be playing the top teams. Um, but beating those sub 500 teams is, is good ways to help you get into playoff contention a little bit more. I'm just saying, you know, th- things that help. Um, this is the big start. You know, you, you started off the road trip a little bit poorly, losing that first game to OKC. Now you head out to um, Utah here, and you've got a game where uh, versus a Utah Jazz team, that's down a little bit, right? They're missing a few players. Rudy Gay is going to be out. Mike Conley's out. Uh, Leandro Balmero's still out due to concussion. They're, they're missing some players, right? But they're still a team that can win games. They're still a team that can beat you, and they're still a team that can exploit your weaknesses and is more willing to exploit your weaknesses than you have been this season. So for me, right, I think the big thing the Bulls have to do, you got to figure out, you got to figure out how to consistently exploit the advantages that you have. And versus this team, the advantage that you have is Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond in that pairing. That's the advantage that you have. Zach Levine, I, at some point, Zach's going to knock down shots. I'm not worried about Zach. I, 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 I know the kind of player that he is, right? Like, he's slowly starting to work his way back into that. He's taking some, some shots that shoot you out the game as well. But he'll absolutely shoot you into a game as well. I think he's starting with a little bit more of a shooting slump. I think people aren't looking at the other things that Levine does because we're so focused on his scoring. But Zach Levine in these last few games has done a really good job getting everybody involved, playing better defensively, doing some good things for you. DeMar DeRozan's been atrocious defensively, by the way. Um, it, it's been one of the worst seasons I've ever seen for him defensively. I mean, he, he looks bad. But uh, at the end of the day, the, the big thing with, with this team is how are you how are you going to build off of the two games that you had? And I think there's still a moment where you can, right? Like both teams right now, three and seven over their last 10. But two of our wins come against two of the top teams in the NBA. You don't want to have back-to-back losses off of two of the top teams in the M- beating the two top teams in the NBA. Because then, right, like now it doesn't matter as much. It's like, oh, yeah, they beat them, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's a fluke. This is a team that they're right now, they're eighth in the Western Conference. They're 12 and 10, though. They're above 500. What are you going to show them? 
That's what I want to see from this Bulls team. I do have the Bulls getting the dub tonight, actually. Uh, I feel pretty confident that the Bulls can come in here and get the dub. Um, I don't think that it's going to be a blowout by any means, but, you know, hopefully we can finally get one. We haven't had a blowout for us yet. Have we? I don't think we've had a blowout for us this season um, where we can just sit back and be like, ah. I'm going to sit Brandy while I watch my Bulls team dominate this team. We haven't had one of those this year. We've had some wins that we felt like we were going to win the entire way through, and they were close, but we haven't had any blowouts this year. So I'd like a, I'd like a nice 22-point win by the Chicago Bulls tonight, but it'll probably be more like a 7-6 point win uh, by the Bulls tonight. But let me know how you guys feel in the comments below, man. I'll be down there talking with you as well. Hey, man, appreciate you guys for sticking around for the show, man. Uh, let me know anything that you guys would like added into the show, anything you guys would like to talk about in the show. Let me know in the comments below. I'll be down there talking with you as well. Every Friday, we want to have the fan episode of the show. So there's going to be some moments where we take some comments that you guys drop and just address you guys' comments on the show. So drop comments in the uh, description or in the comment section below. Um, if you dropped a good comment on the side that you felt was a fire comment, make sure you drop that in the comment section below, and we'll break those down on the Friday episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. As always, man, it is your boy, Pat the Designer, back at it again. We appreciate y'all for tuning in and showing love. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to 12 a.m. as we do. Appreciate y'all for showing love, man. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.